Hello and welcome to episode 5 of series 3 of the Right for Your Life podcast. Today is going to be a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting and very, um, a very um, a unique podcast, I think, for for writers. It's going to be about um, rights and um, and and kind of how rights are built into your publishing contract, um, or and how they affect um, affect you as a, an independent author. And this is something I don't know an awful lot about. So we have an expert in to talk about it, and that's Hannah Shepherd from IPR License. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. That's all right. Um, so to kick off, I think it'd be good if you kind of uh, gave us a bit of an overview of, I guess, um, your role and um, a bit about IPR licence and then maybe a, just a broad overview of, of what rights are to um, in, in, in the publishing world. Okay. Um, so I'm the creative director at IPR licence and I I have joined to launch the author platform. The site itself is an online platform for publishers to trade book rights globally. And given the sort of rise we've seen in the independent author, we thought we could use the same platform to help them make the most of their rights. Um, So my my background is in trade publishing. I've worked in editorial for about 10 years at various houses. And so I'm trying to educate authors about rights and help them use the platform and then i i'm also sort of editorially casting an eye over any work that is put up in order to see if we can sort of spot opportunities for authors with the publishers that we have as members and maybe sort of point authors in the right direction or alert um publishers to work that is going up um so in terms of what rights are um it's something that I find authors are slightly unsure about and and it's really unfortunate because there's actually an awful lot of potential there. So when you're given a publishing contract in the sort of traditional publishing world, uh, the publisher would offer for the rights that they're interested in. And a lot of publishers will try to go for, go for world rights. And what that means is that they are able to publish your book or sell on the right to publish your book in any language, in any country around the world. They would also then have digital rights and a variety of other subsidiary rights, which I will sort of talk about later because there's a whole list of them. And um, and it, it's a way for when they offer you in advance, by selling on those rights, they're able to sort of limit their um, their risk really by bringing in some money to cover that and there are flip sides to for the author as to whether the publisher gets the world rights or whether they stay with the author or agent and you know we can talk about those as well so um what's the difference between um rights and copyrights is it is it um i'm I'm a copywriter and um and people often think that I actually mean copyright with an I G H T, <laughs> and all of those three things are completely different. So, what's the difference between rights and copyright? So, when you write your book, you automatically um, are assigned the copyright, which means that you're asserting it's an original work by you. You can't copyright an idea, but you can copyright your expression of that idea, and that's a sort of automatic thing that happens there are debates particularly in the digital age about whether 
authors need to put in place some further protection for that because it's very hard to sort of prove at the point at which you asserted that copyright given that it's automatic but you know that's a slightly different discussion Mm. um and in terms of rights you you have your copyright it's very rare that an author would be asked to assign their copyright um that remains with you for you know the whole of your life and 70 years plus Mm. um but in order to make the most of the potential in your work, you do need the help of professionals in a lot of cases. And by granting the right to publish your book, you're benefiting from that experience of the publisher. And so it's it's when when we talk about this sort of initial author contract, then it's publication rights that you're granting. There are also translation rights, which your agent, your publisher or you know, you, if you have those contexts, would be able to sell to a foreign publisher. So you could sell your French translation rights in France and your Spanish translation rights in Spain. Um, and then there are subsidiary rights, which are things like film and TV, radio recordings, first and second serial, um, which mostly are for nonfiction. If you ever see extracts of a big celebrity book in the sun or whatever, then that would be a serial rights subsidiary. Uh, serial rights deal. Yes, yeah, so I remember uh, when, when I signed um, when I signed my contracts and sort of friends were kind of you know asking about it, and I kind of listed all the different rights, and and they were kind of wow, is there going to be a film made out of it? Like, well, not, <laughs> not, not, you know maybe sometime in the future, but at the moment it's just a case of well, they you know the publisher has the right to do it should the should the opportunity arise yeah. later on. Um, and you know they will if if they're wise will do all they can to try and utilize those rights because there is money to be made film rights are a particularly good one to be honest because um uh production companies or film companies will often option a film which means they pay you an awful lot of money for your rights but it's a limited term and if they don't start making that film within that term then you keep your money but you also get your film rights back and you sell them again yes and so, um, and, and how do those how do those um, those rights work? Because they're all different, aren't they? It's, it's not a case of it's kind of one uh, you know one uh, figure, or it, they're not. It's all quite different. So you might sell the rights at for you know a different percentages, that kind of thing. And and how does it? How, what are the kind of fine details of how it works? Within a publishing company, there will be a rights department, or it will be freelance to a rights specialist, and. They will use their contacts around the world um, to sort of pick out where they think the best home for your book would be. And then they'd submit it very much in the same way that an agent submits in the UK to, you know, your initial publisher. And and then, you know, best case scenario is that an auction for the French translation rights starts and all the French publishers push the money up and... Um, and you get a new deal and your contract will specify um, what percentage of that goes to the publisher for the work they've done in selling it and what percentage comes to you. And when I say it comes to you, it gets knocked off the advance that they've given you so that you start earning royalties sooner. Who, um, who kind of, you know, advised me and, and was uh, able to kind of negotiate with the publisher. That's kind of how it typically works, isn't it? Yes. And, there is an ongoing battle between publishers and agents over who is best placed to sell the rights um, internationally and the subsidiary rights. And there'll be a lot of sort of wrangling going on 
at company level between publishers and agencies to decide on each book who you know who is best suited for those rights and publishers like to have them because they are by paying out in advance they are putting down a lot of money up front with no sort of guarantee of any return and so by acquiring world rights and then being able to sell them they have some extra shot at at making that money back agents prefer to keep them because in some ways it's better for the authors because if the agent sells the right then there isn't a chunk going to the publisher and the money isn't coming off the advance it's going straight into the author's pocket which is obviously very attractive at the same time if you have a, you know a quite large advance and your agent has kept the world rights then the chance of you earning out that advance are very slim and longer term you may find it harder to get a renewed deal with your current publisher so it's you know you have to weigh up all the pros and cons of where you want your career to go and and how best the overall picture is going to come together or whether you want cash up front mm. and and speaking as an author who's kind of been in this position it was um i mean i just happened to have found out that um, i was about to have twins uh, when when i was going through this process so the the finer details of my um of my book contracts was kind of not not at the forefront mm. of my mind and i was very thankful to have a, a, an agent and, and and to be working with you know a, a good publisher who you know they they figured it all out for themselves but it is important as as an author to um it's important to understand what what the what the rights are i mean it might be yes. that you you may decide like i did basically to put your faith in your agent and and you know if you've got a good relationship and you trust them then you should be able to kind of take their advice and and to an extent let them get on with it mm-hmm. but uh, but only to an extent you do have to have that as an author you really should have um you should want to kind of know the fine details of your contract and which rights you hang on to which ones um the publisher has and 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 maybe ask about what find out what the publisher plans to do with those rights um yeah and 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 their track record of being able to sell them Uh, the the point you just raised about actually understanding the final points of the contract i think is particularly important um for for authors who are using self-publishing services um you know that that's really on the rise at the moment the stigma surrounding it is is definitely sort of practically out the window um Mm. with all the big uh, self-published bestsellers that have happened recently Mm. but uh, there are still some self-publishing companies out there who are putting terms in their contracts that authors don't understand and so their authors are finding themselves signing over world rights for a book they've actually paid to publish and that's a really tricky situation so you you know if you're if you're considering self-publishing then you really need to look at your contract quite carefully and make sure that you really are only agreeing to what you want to be agreeing to so that's so that example is someone who's self-publishing perhaps through um through some sort of uh, self-publishing press, as opposed to kind yeah. of doing it all themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and but would the, would the contract that a self-publisher uh, self-published author signs would it be quite similar to a traditionally published author's contract? Yeah, I think I think in a lot of cases it is. And um, aside from the fact that the money talked about is the author paying the publisher rather than the publisher paying the author. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess leads us on to maybe you should just do it yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so if you, well, really- and I think that's a, the way a lot of indie authors are starting to see the industry and 
And it's been a really interesting move. And I think the digital age allows an author who maybe previously publishers and bookshops have been so sure that they know what their markets are. And there's no way for an author who's maybe doing something slightly different to break through that. Whereas now with with such easy access to readers, it's it's possible for an author to kind of put their work out there as an ebook or or whatever and and prove that they have a market. And that's really making publishers sort of sit up and take notice, which is interesting. Yeah. And how is it affecting traditional publishing in terms of rights and mm-hmm. what have you? Um there is a lot more focus from editorial departments at main houses on the sort of Kindle self-published charts mm. and and a sort of awareness that this is an area to watch for future author authors to sign. Um, if you have self-published independently and a main publisher approaches you, there will then be a sort of agreement that has to be made over whether you let them have the rights in the in the territories you've already published in. Most main houses would expect that and, you know, it might scupper your deal if you said that you wanted to continue selling as you were. Um, so that would be an agreement that you'd have to come to and and they would try to get as many rights as they could. So I guess it's just, uh, in a way that that's a kind of a similar process. It's just that the book's already been out there and it's been proven to... Yeah, so presumably... it's, uh, it's less of a risk for the publisher because they can see the market, isn't it? Yeah. And for the author, the the advantage of selling the rights is to uh, presumably reach wider markets, get it translated, yeah. all that kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Okay. So, so how, does, how does IPR license fit in? So this is... This is um, the the company you work for, the, um, mm-hmm. and and how, what would what do you do that's different? I said I think you said before we started that there's a, a gap in the market for it. So what kind of where do you come in? Well, the the service we're offering to authors is opening up those international contacts and and the access to international publishers, so that there is a chance for them for authors to manage the process of finding translation deals or film and TV deals um, themselves. So an author who, for whatever reason, hasn't got an agent or has decided that they want to remain independent and they want to do it themselves, who has, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not, but it's possible to publish your book in your territory, in your language. You know, it's not a, major leap to get there Mm. it's even possible for a uk author to publish digitally in the us because there's no language barrier but it's really very difficult and expensive to try and put a french language edition out because you'd need to pay a translator and um try and find some way of being sure that it was right and the french market is very different to our market i read recently that um jonathan co was quoted as saying that his the French editions of his books outsell his UK editions four to one wow. because he just hits a hits a kind of zeitgeist in the French market and mm. they love it. Mm. Um, so there are you know there are different markets that want different things at different times and so there are opportunities out there for indie authors who 
maybe aren't quite hitting the trend in the UK at the moment, but possibly Japan would love them. Um, and at the moment, there's no way without the contacts of a publishing house or an agency that, that this is possible. But by joining IPR license, an author can put their work up and we've sort of, we've reversed the submission process, if you like. So the work is there and it's part of a searchable database that publishers then use and they look at the trends that are happening in their market and they say, okay, I want something in this area with rights available in my market and everything that we have on the site that fits those criteria will come up. So there's more of a chance of your work being seen by a publisher in whichever territory at the time they're looking for it instead of a submission that you might send and it hits the editor on a day when they're not looking for that. Mm. Um, and then, so it, so once a, a publisher has found your work in the database and has decided that they think it fits their market, they can contact you through the site and you can negotiate a deal for whichever rights you're prepared to sell to them. So it, it's just a way of, of opening up that translation market and, and the subsidiary rights to authors who aren't currently published or agented. I see. And it is, uh, the other thing that I've... Um, I mean, you, it's interesting that you say that about Jonathan Kerr. I mean, that's... Um, I've, I've heard lots of authors say the same thing, that they, they make um, far more... Uh, far more money. Uh, that right doesn't sound right. Far more money it is right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, out of um, out of all the all the all the sub- subsidiary rights, all the other yeah. stuff. Uh, it's the, the kind of yeah, so for me being um, <clears throat> being published in the UK is kind of what I always, I guess, dreamt of. It's what I always wanted to be a published author in the UK. But I hadn't really considered that. Um, um, I mean, I'm not quite. I'm still very early stages, but mm. I can. It's quite possible in the future that um, all the different different versions of um of uh, angelica that might end up being out there um yeah. will probably end up being more more useful more profitable than than the actual uk version i think it's just i think it is a, a mindset for authors we do it's the kind of, it's the kind of um rights and things like rights the and sort of fine details of contracts are the kinds of things that writers don't really and perhaps never had to really think about too much yeah but well and it's such a hidden side of publishing i think everyone sort of knows about editorial and marketing and publicity but but the rights department are quite secretive and <laughs> um hidden away um but but yeah i mean i think i think there is so much opportunity out there and different territories you know their markets will grow at different times so currently brazil is really on the rise i think you know they're buying everything um germany quite often pays phenomenally huge advances i had an author whose german advance um overshadowed his uk and us advances combined right um so you know it's it's a it's a real opportunity for authors and i just i just don't think they're aware of it so we're trying to get that word out there, really. And so, what sort of questions should authors be asking? Um, so, if, if in, in both situations, if they have, let's start with the traditional route. So, an, or, mm-hmm. an author has an agent, a deal comes along. What sort of questions should they be asking either their agent or if if the situation is, however it might be, um, the, the potential publisher? What sort of things should they be making, kind of making sure and being aware about? So, they should be clear on which rights the publisher is offering for and um and it's i mean it's hard to comment other than on a case-by-case basis because it will depend on the genre as to you know how likely right sales are but i think um 
they should be asking their agent whether they whether they rate the publisher's rights department, whether they think their best chance of selling more rights is via that rights department or via the agency keeping them. And any rights that the publisher hasn't offered for, ask the agent what they're going to do about selling them. Yeah. So a number <clears throat> of publishers um, will you know, say that they're not going to buy film rights because they don't have the contacts to sell them. Mm. Then you need to make sure that your agent does have a film agent who will work on that for you. Or you, know. yes. so you need to look at all those options and just make sure that everything is being pushed so that you make the best of all of all of the options out there and and if you're an independent author and you're in the same sort of situation who's the <laughs> i guess you're going to say you but who <laughs> the, <laughs> um what, what questions do you need to ask and um and what are the i guess what are the what are the key things to kind of try and learn about before you even think about going through this process i think if you're looking at a contract yourself then the things you need to look for are particularly if you're using a self-publishing company which rights you think you're selling to them and which rights the contract says you're selling to them because I think a lot of authors have been tripped up on that and then also look out for a reversion clause which will give you some sort of recourse to claim those rights back if the publisher hasn't utilized them and then it will usually request a a letter to be written requesting that the publisher reverts rights to you and they will there'll usually be a time frame that you have to leave it before you can request that. Um, and that's that's often something that agents will ask to put into a contract with a publisher. If if the publisher is being really bullish about acquiring a certain right, like audio or, or um, enhanced ebook or whatever it might be, but the agent would like to keep it, then they'll often say, well, you can have it, but if you haven't utilized it within 18 months, then the right reverts to the author. And and so you need to look out that there is something in the contract that allows you to revert those rights at some point so right. that you've not lost them forever. Um, and then in terms of sort of dealing with, if you know, if you were to use the site and you were offered a contract from a Japanese publisher, then I think at that point you'd probably want to seek advice. And we do have contacts that we can use and put, people in touch with or the society of authors is probably a really good port of call and there are places like the alliance of independent authors and and various other websites springing up that are offering that sort of advice Mm. dependent authors and i think that's a really important service because while independent authors are incredibly savvy and i mean just talking to a number of them over the last few months I've been struck by, you know, how focused and how business-like they are about their writing careers, and I think that's really impressive. But there I mean, is absolutely, absolutely. We had Joanna Penn on the uh, on the pod- podcast last week. She's been on two or three times. She's a very successful independent author, and listening to <laughs> listening to her approach to writing, it always makes me feel incredibly. Um, shambolic as an as an author, <laughs> she's got everything um, everything kind of um, what she, it's like a business, and um, and it kind of needs to be, and that's why that's why she's successful. Yeah, there are a lot of people describing themselves as author entrepreneurs, which I find really interesting, and and you know it's a new take on the publishing industry, and it's quite refreshing, and I think it's great. Yeah, me too. That's exactly how she describes herself. It's um, I, I agree. It's um, it makes me. Um, it, it, it's. I think it's really encouraging. I think that the the stigma of of independent 
um, uh, or, or self-publishing and self-published authors, I guess, as, it, as they used to be called, um, I think it's almost entirely gone. And it's because, <coughs> it's because of people like Joanna and I'm sure the other people that you've spoken to who treat it like a business and, and <coughs> make sure they don't get tripped up with all these things that you're talking about and actually do the research, which is why, it's, which is why I think it's important that you know, this kind of knowledge about rights is something that writers and actually seek out and take notice of. Okay, um, I think that's pretty much covered it, Hannah. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast today. I hope that was useful to everyone listening. Um, where can people find you? The website is www.iprlicense.com and um, you can email us on info at iprlicense.com. Okay, do you have any um, jazzy Twitter accounts or anything like that? Oh, I am IPR Authors. And the company is IPR Licensed. Okay, fantastic. And um, and that's it. For those that don't know, you perhaps do by now. I am Ian Broom on Twitter, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. And if you want to read the blog of the podcast with lots of articles about writing and me and that kind of thing, um, then you can go to Ian Broom forward slash blog. And um, I think that's it. Thanks for joining us, Hannah. No problem. Thank you for having me. No worries, and um, I'll speak to everyone soon.